When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. We are back. It is time for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast with a full cast and crew as Joshua Question is back to save you from a 30-minute basketball discussion that we all know does not need to happen this week. I mean, uh, I'm sure Josh will say it didn't need to happen last week. Notes and everything. Fine. Uh, (laughs) You talked to Porter today. Everybody's dead. Again. The program is dead. It's over was not pretty last night. Uh, and I told you guys, like, I want to stop. Like, I want to stop watching it. And <laughs> I just can't. It's like, even when it got to, like, 30, I was like, what am I doing? Just, you have, other- I was actually in the office. I had other things I could be doing. I was trying to prepare for thunder sleet that we're having today. It's awful outside. It hit. Yep. Uh, no one was wrong with their predictions about, uh, ice raining down upon us because it has been happening all morning since before 6 a.m. It's just awful. I saw a report that it wasn't an ice storm. I saw the it's same report. It's a political attack. Yeah. It's a political <laughs> attack. I'm waiting until the girls get to 12 until I really re- leash all hell upon them. Tell them that uh, they're not worth anything in this world. It's the Abbey Broyles approach. Hello, everybody. Can 12-year-olds launch political attacks? The what? Can 12-year-olds launch political attacks? Yeah, if they're little bitches like these girls were. I think they're effers. Yeah, they were just effers. Yes. It's one of the greatest story in Oklahoma in the year 2022 so far. Uh, It's bigger in my world than Lincoln Riley. How how are like how are people still trying to make it political though? Just like just enjoy the chaos of this story. Like it's just well, I think it's so bad. You is, and it's the person. Uh, I mean, I've had I've had not. friends from out of state contact me and say, "I'm so jealous of you guys in Oklahoma. I wish our politics were this good." <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fitting. And yeah, I have to the, explain the to is- them she's been pretty much a non-factor. The entire her whole right. political career amounts to her not even getting into a runoff in the last election. I compared it today to like Alabama and Nick Saban going and trying to videotape Savannah State's practice. That's about what it equates. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. Yep. Yep. Like it, it's not even worth a damn, but it is funny and it's hilarious. And I mean, it's a I'm fantastic story. Stop making fun of it. It's it's it, it literally is a Saturday Night Live skit with Kate McKinnon yes. 
like walking around, stumbling around, belching with a martini in her hand. I hope it gets on Saturday Night Live. Well, that's the thing. You it's, can't it's, deny it. It's you can't deny it, and ugh, <laughs> just just. It's so good. It's I so still, good. I mean, still, my favorite thing is that uh, the blanket that the girl was using that was used to clean up her spilt wine <laughs> was the reason that she called one of the kids a judgy fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just gave her back a wine-soaked blanket. <laughs> <laughs> of course she's judging you, you drunk ass. Just to me, but you're I mean, part of the you're know, part of the political hatchet job. We've, we've that, that's all what, been around someone at a party that's been so drunk they just decide to start calling everyone the same thing, whether it's fucker or you know bitch or whatever. I mean that that person just, is fun to watch. The rest of that night. Yeah, but it, it's fun when you're around other 25 year olds, not when <laughs> right the subject of the uh, the jokes are 12 uh, year olds, which makes it even better. Like if she was just doing this amongst her own people, like she did over at the Jones Assembly, getting shit faced and interrupting a comedian, that's one thing. That that's like an okay story. It's funny, but it's an okay story. Doing it to a bunch of 12 year olds is hilarious. It's it's literally a it's a sitcom. It's I, been. I, I'm with you, Eddie. I wish it was big enough that SNL could could do it, because Kate McKinnon doing an Abby Broyles would be really top shelf It'd be stuff. Amazing. It'd be amazing. I don't know that we've reached capacity on the coverage of this story though yet. I mean, New York Post picked it up. Barstool's picked it up. It, yeah. It's kind of national. There might. It might. I don't know. I mean, it, I I want to see uh, it on CNN. That's what I want to see it on. Yeah. I think Fox was the first to pick it up, fair and balanced. But it, I don't know. It, it's it's a great story. I hope it never ends. By the way, is it is it only me that got really, like, there was the presidential race, and then there was kind of the, the height of the Rona. Like, I have not watched political television since then. But, like, it, it used to be a 24-hour day thing for me. Where I would just sit and watch CNN yeah. or Fox News or CNBC. I'm Harry. I'm in kind of in the same boat. I don't really pay attention to it anymore. I I've never been big on it. Tiffany and I were somewhere the other day where it, like there was a news show on, and everything you watched, I was like, good. God. It was like fire kills, you know, three, you know, but like I was like, there's nothing that makes me want to watch. This is terrible. Like it's all just sad and awful. And I'm like, I. I don't. I don't know why anybody would subject themselves to this shit. I. I've never been a big news watcher, but it's intolerable. I stick Eddie, to info wars. Not a weather liaison for KOCO, <laughs> but that is the station of choice here at this house. At the Prince Billo, uh, Damon Lane and those guys do a good job. Yeah, I mean, I've for weather, on, I've been on this station before. For weather, I'm definitely Team Dame, Damon Lane. I am anti-David Payne, and Mike Morgan is just kind of like an old guy on the beat. Everybody just kind of tolerates him and just lets him do his crazy stuff. Except for maybe softball players. Um, so, um, anyway, Josh, you had your staycation. Uh, sure. Basketball sure. was unwatchable. I did want to get that out. That's the first time in a long time that I... 
like thought about turning off an OU basketball game. It was unwatchable. I think right, we I just have to say. I, I feel better. I, I think we just have to say that to this point, the Grove brother Groves brothers have been a massive disappointment. Have they been a disappointment, or did we have? Did we hype them up too much because they dropped thirty in one game? That's probably fair. Yeah. Is that and you know it's like I was telling Bob this morning. I I was fully prepared to wake up this morning and like make this almost kind of Josh McQuestion push as far as McQuestion. maybe the NIT isn't a bad idea for the program. Like go win a couple games, maybe make it to the Final Four, get a Madison Square Garden trip. And maybe it's better for the program if you don't make the NCAA tournament. But after you get your ass kicked like they did last night, I don't even know if I can make that argument today. And move the uh, move the, the. I think that they would host. They need to move the NIT games to the field house. I want to get that out there. I want to make that push. The road the, to MSG. The, <laughs> the parallel you are drawing. My my thing has to be. You have to actually be a good team to qualify for the argument I make. You just—it's the difference between being a good team and a great team. This team's neither. From from what, guys? Usually, when you guys start talking in the group chat, I'm like, well, you know, I can turn that on for a little bit, and sometimes I do. I'll watch for a few minutes, but I don't add anything because I know I don't have anything to add. But I was last night. I was like, nope, I don't need to turn that on at all. I was thinking about that last night during the game. I bet Josh looks at the uh, war room during basketball games and just thinks, what the hell are these guys subjecting themselves to? <laughs> this was the first I will time say, this season, though. I will say this yeah, the first that, time. Yeah. And it was clear they had no answer. There was no sure. spark plug. No, and none of the guys you needed to play their best were playing their best. It was just you had to get through the final 20 minutes somehow. It's not like they just quit the game like I think we all wanted to. But now you just you flush it. You got to do a Fido. Got to do a Fido and get ready for Bethany. Yeah, that's 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 kind of – I got to mark – I got to – Got to mark, to, mark that to one. bleep that now, now that we know what that means. Uh, someone on the board actually said, I demand you pull Bob off a of basketball and put him on softball. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, and I did not object. I I didn't like it, but I understand the sentiment. Uh, I will just say this: I don't think that you could drag men's basketball out of Bob's cold, dead hands. I I get the sense that you want to finish this thing, however it ends. Absolutely. That you want to finish think, it, regardless of. Out of, of respect for Moser, the staff, the players. Absolutely. I mean, we're yeah, we're just a, all we're a couple of games away from this being an apartment fire uh, at 63rd and Classen. Bob, well, that was a conspiracy. We can get into that at any point. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is an inside job is what this is. Bob just wants to go to Palm Springs and Hawaii the next two weeks. We are not sending anyone on the road to cover this team. <laughs> <laughs> if it is farther than Tulsa, no go. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure softball plays in Palm Springs this week, and they were having trouble getting out of uh, Oklahoma City this morning. But I, they play in Palm Springs this weekend. Then they play in, I want to say, like, it might be Hawaii next week. I'm going to tell you this. If I'm at an airport right now and I'm staring up at the board and I see canceled, canceled, boarding, canceled, canceled, and I'm on the boarding flight, I want no parts of that. Yeah, just go home. You're not getting out. Just turn around and ask for a voucher and uh, 
go stay in a I hotel. Don't know. Patty probably they probably will like clear the runway for Patty and they'll get out of here. They got games to go win. Teams to run rule. Eat, sleep, run, rule, repeat. <laughs> don't give it away. Can um, Natty can Natty like de ice planes? Is that a possibility? Is that a thing? No, we've been on. I mean, we've been if you on planes that, and just breathe. You might breathe fire. <laughs> we've there been through the de-icing process pros, process in Pittsburgh. It is not a fun process to be a part of. No, I remember the that because it leads to you running through an airport in Chicago um, to make your next flight. I've told this story before. The only time I've been experience. on a plane that had to be the only time I've been on a plane that had to be de-iced was in Orange County. What the hell are the odds of that? It was like the coldest day in Orange County in like three years or something. It was the was weirdest thing ever. It was 40 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're going to die. But I mean, I live in Houston. They, they close schools when a, not just when it's cold, when a cold front approaches. Well, how was the staycation? I know, I, know I, I saw a lot of people wanting to know what tools were used in the process. <laughs> what did you build? You did manage to send out a photo early in the week of something being clamped in the background. I was impressed by that. Yep, yep. Had had the uh, had the girls out in the girl. I was trying to finish a job, and I, they wanted to be with Dad. And I was like, all right, well. Time for the girls to learn about a nail gun. So we, we worked a little with a nail gun. I held it. They got to pull the trigger. They, uh, Lainey enjoyed that a lot. Layla is not a big noise person. So that kind of freaked her out and she went back inside. Um, but yeah, um, built, built a shelf for, uh, for Tiffany. You know, no, no big deal. Pretty, pretty simple thing. Um, and then the I big thing that, no that, big the, that was, <laughs> no big that deal. was clamped. Well, I mean, really it was, it was, Saw a couple of, uh, like one by sixes and then like glue them together, stain them, saw, sand them down to make it look like one piece. And it was, it was nothing. Um, and then the, the blank, I built like a blanket bench, like a blanket case, like bench for the end of our bed. Um, that had what kind some, of wood uh, did we use for that? Just pine. Nothing, nothing special. It, it's Damn. not, it, it was more, um, it, really, honestly, it was a comedy of errors. To protect the blankets like a true craft. No, because Lord, no, there's not going to ever be a blanket in there. If, if there is a blanket in our room, it is on top of Tiffany. She feels like she's at 20 degrees at all times. So I try to keep all blankets out of that room so I don't roast alive in uh, at night. So you know, there's there's never going to be anything in there. It's more of a lifting off point for children and dogs to get into the bed. But, um, yeah, so it, it came out pretty nice, though. I'll, I'll send you a picture. It, it's all right. I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. It's one of the – it's probably the biggest thing I've built. It's it not not that technically advanced, but it's the biggest thing I've built. I'm impressed. That's very impressive. Mm. And then <laughs> the biggest joke of all was the uh, – Lainey saw, like, some arts and crafts thing on, like, YouTube Kids where they built a little foosball table out of basically a – shoe box i was like well i can do a little better than a shoe box so I, I i had some scrap wood one day and i was like i'll just build her a little little foosball table that's like you know 12 inches by 15 inches i mean it's it's nothing special but she she like it likes it and they they play foosball now against each other so it's pretty great gonna be drinking soon yeah i mean that that's what i spent a good chunk of my week doing was after about three, it was time to have a beverage. So, miss Matt, I miss National Margarita Day though. That's a that's a real shame. 
I'm just not a margarita person. I never have been. I mean, like the frozen marg and stuff, and I don't know who's gulping, but please stop. Eddie, is that you? <laughs> You're a big gulper. I think it's, prob I, it's probably me. I gulp every probably once me. in a while. Eddie is the weirdest drinker that I've ever met. And I know this because I've spent many mornings waking up with him after a night in a hospitality room where he is completely dehydrated. <laughs> and I've seen him just inhale Powerades. Well, I mean, usually I go IV and I just do it myself, but... Yeah, now you can afford the IV treatments. <laughs> those things actually do help. We thought about Probably getting those in times. L.A. one day, one time. Heinen knows what I'm but talking But then you about. start thinking like, well, maybe I should just wake up and do this every morning. So it really is that good? I mean, I think it is. It could be a placebo thing where you just... Do feel better, but I think it replenishes. Was it one of those deals where someone just brings it to your room and basically plugs you yeah, in? Yeah, like we were on a... The last time I did it, we were on like a bachelor party and the they came and did it like in the place that we were staying at. Huh. And then you drink children's blood <laughs> and you become a Republican. <laughs> it's really weird. Oh, I don't know God. what that means. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Here we, I've spent a chunk of my morning dealing with political threads on the board, and this is the this is what I come back to, Eddie. We can we can uh, politicizing we can the pod. We can bleep it. It's a joke, though. <laughs> I think people will laugh. I don't care really one way or the other. If you have to take some political commentary at this time of year, the dead period, which you know. I've been trying to kind of line some stuff up for Bob um, to talk to coaches and stuff. And um, and Bob was like, what else? It's the dead period. What else do they have to do? But I would imagine it's been pretty nuts for those guys. I mean, you think about they go from, you know, flipping jobs to just recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I mean, out on the road, hiring people, bringing in new staff. Uh, and that entire time... You know, I'm sure their wives have probably kind of had some time to look at houses and stuff like that, but it ain't exactly easy buying a house right now in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, what's built is pretty much sold, and what's being built is pretty much sold. And, I mean, there's new neighborhoods popping up and this and that, but, it, I mean, it just can't be easy for someone that's looking to buy a house, you know, beyond like a, a $200,000, $300,000 house. I mean, those aren't, I can't, Imagine that those are just sitting out there. I mean, Lincoln had a couple of them, and Brent couldn't even buy one of his, and it sold, and uh, at least his big one. I don't know. Maybe his other one was still ava still available, but like, I guarantee those guys have just it's just now getting to a point where it's not insanity. Plus, you got to get a little time off because this is about the only time of the year you can get some time off. Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about it yesterday. It's one of those situations that. Uh, starting at the beginning of March, spring football's here. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think it's going to start after spring break. Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah, it is starting after spring break. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I thought you were getting ready for <laughs> He's just being technical, Bob. He's like, well, if you I, care. Well, no, be, if you because care. Because we haven't had any of those interviews yet. It's kind of 
Yeah, Bob's not happy about not having the interviews. Some of these guys, Bo- Bob's like, I'm not covering a damn spring practice until I get my media availability from these <laughs> new assistants. I like it, Bob. Oh, man, what a line with saying, sir. You made the move. Got to be planned out. Because <laughs> it's not like. Not to mention, you deserve it. Asking for 20 minutes. You deserve it. 20 minutes. Putting up with all the basketball zooms lately. I mean, I've heard that it's been a little (laughs) wild. Maybe there was some porn last night before Porter Moser's. Because someone couldn't mute the mic. I'm I'm, I'm back in on basketball coverage. I'm ready. Send me in. It's still under review, Carrie. It's still under review. Or maybe Abby Broyles was over at somebody's house. It was a movie being played. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet it was a movie. What was it rated? That's the question. One of those good movies. Was it a digital movie, like from a Pornhub.com variety? We're still cross-checking the dialogue. Yeah, it's too bad you can't Shazam dialogue (laughs) and figure out exactly what that person is watching. It sounded to me, from what I I heard a little bit of it, it sounded like it might have been a 90-day fiancé situation. Uh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I could see something like that. And I don't watch that show. I mean, I, I see... Good, no, too late. Cover, cover no, blown. No, I don't watch the show, but I see so much... Because I watch so much, like, Food Network, you see, like, commercials for that stuff all the time. The movie? Can we say what this was? I don't New know. information has arisen. I gotta see what this is about. It's a very disturbing movie. Holy crap! No, I mean for those who who have seen it, it it is disturbing. Yeah, it's more disturbing, more disturbing than the basketball game last night. Maybe it was just <laughs> a uh, X-rated type of night. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Yes. I remember a promising young woman because I remember Carrie Mulligan. She is uh, she yep. was in my one of my favorite movies, Drive. Uh, and, uh, she was getting killed over, like, her portrayal in this movie. Like, she's, people didn't, like, buy it that she could be, like, a sexual predator or something like that. Correct. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but I know what the movie is. So, not porn. Weird, though, to be that deep into a movie when the basketball game had just ended. Makes me think somebody wasn't watching the basketball game. I mean, based on what you guys are telling me, can you can you fault anybody? Yeah, that's true. So, um, outside of that, yeah, we're just yeah. Kinda... Let's come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> I still want my twenty minutes with Todd Bates. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep talking about really weird and uncomfortable movies until Bob gets his time. It is, uh, I mean, I saw Todd Bates' latest post about um, empty. Being empty. We're finding out a lot about Todd Bates uh, just through his social media. It's, I gotta say, it's just a different world. I mean, the, the, it's good because you, you want to see what these guys are all about. And some of them, you know, are, are pretty active on Twitter. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, that ma- maybe I would like to hear someone talk about that further because I don't know if you, I told you guys this, 
otherwise, some of it kind of comes out like the Sphinx from Mystery Men. And I sent you guys a clip because I'm sure most people have never seen Mystery Men. Uh, but I think one of the funniest dumb movies that's ever been made. Uh, where it just all seems kind of like uh, gobbledygook. Like, is it inspirational? Is it accessories? Is it... It's just... It's it's interesting. Isn't it kind of like a lot of things with the program right now? I think it's intriguing to a certain extent. But if you look up and all of a sudden you're two and two in the middle of, uh, you know, October, or I mean September... Absolutely. Not, it's not going to be as cute. Mm -hmm. That's any... That's with anything, though. Anything that's said... Sure. No, you're right. And I remember, right. like... I remember this distinctly when Tom Herman got hired at Texas and they had the Longhorn network and they were doing like a, a look inside camp and they were, it, they were like embedded. They were following them around. Uh, and I would watch it and I would, and I would be like, I think Tom Herman's going to have this thing turned around going in the right direction, just based on what I'm seeing and what he's saying to the players. Cause it all seemed very right. Like he seemed like he was saying all the right things. And then that team sucked. I mean, they didn't turn it around. So you can you can say whatever you want. You can frame it however you want. You could be as motivational as you want. The the name of the game is going out and winning football games, and beating Texas, and not losing uh, to Baylor, and and you know winning a Big Twelve championship. That's what they're going to be measured on. Not you know. Sure. motivational stuff on Twitter. And I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying it's a little bit of a look inside of things. It does sound like from everything that, you know, I've at least been able to gather just as far as people talking about off-season stuff and, you know, working out with Schmitty for the first time and even stuff that players have posted on social media, it seems like everything's going really well over there uh, with the stations and all that kind of stuff. There still is a lot of, I don't think it's made up positivity. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I think that there is a serious amount of uh, momentum being built right now going into the spring. Well, and to me, it's it's just interesting from the perspective of, um, you know, seeing them being so player focused. And I've talked about that mm -hmm. before, but, you know, gearing everything toward the players that are on campus and, and building that relationship with those guys. And, then you see the video about Brent Venables. Um, and it's, I think someone, maybe one of you guys, I know it was one of you guys, you know, all that stuff seems a little dabbo, which we've, from the outside mm -hmm. looking at, we're yep. like, man, that's a little hokey. <laughs> uh, you know, bring your own guts and all that stuff. Like, that's something for the fan base to kind of get behind. Uh, but in the end, I think that, you know, what this, program is now is we are going to coach you very hard and we're at times you're not going to like us but the central message seems to be over and over again we want you here we you we respect you we want you to be happy this is your home like we're going to coach you hard and sometimes you're not going to like us but you're you, you are our family and I think that's a good There's message because serious relationships with the transfer portal and all that stuff, like kids being able to leave at the drop of a hat. It is from my perspective, that's the smartest thing that I've seen happen is that you're always, you're always having to work to keep players here. 
And I don't think anybody really has put that much effort into that in the past few years. And that's where the, the soul mission's really going to come through. Good point, Bob. You would imagine. Yeah, having yeah, former players go, that can identify that have been through it yeah. before. It's yeah, all it's very smart. Somebody like Curtis Lofton, who has literally gone head-to-head with Schmitty before. And you know, I, I think that when cooler heads prevailed, it was like, he helped me. I did listen to <laughs> Gabe and Teddy's pod, the Oklahoma Breakdown, last week. And to hear them talk about how Schmitty uh, has softened over the years and how disturbed they were by it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, t- you can tell Teddy's having a hard time with it. He's like, but no, he's not supposed to be soft on them. Like, he's not supposed to have a, a soft bone in his body. What's going on? I don't like this. Is, so- is soft a relative term, though? Is it like, well, he's not making kids eat their own puke anymore. <laughs> so that's that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but I, I don't think, think, I think it's an easy I think, program, is it? I think all these former players, they were so happy that the kids were going to experience what they experienced, right. that they were going to be put through hell just like they were. It's almost yeah. like if the Navy SEALs were told, well, they don't train them as hard now. Like, they're like, oh, they're not really Navy SEALs then. Like, they're not, they're not the Navy SEALs that we were. So, I mean, it's just kind of funny because you know that, that Jerry Schmidt is not taking it easy on those guys, and he's getting a lot out of them. Yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of funny. And, and, and Gabe was kind of that way, but you could tell Teddy really took it personally. It felt like he did. Uh, the further back you go, the worst off it probably was. Like, compare that. Oh, sure. Siblings all the time. Well, I mean, look, there was when Kevin Wilson. Or who's youngest. When Kevin Wilson came in, um, you know, it was Joshua. Remember this? There was a real problem with attrition on the offensive line. I mean, they would have almost entire recruiting classes wiped out during the off season. Well, y- your off season was Jerry Schmidt. Your on season was Mark Mangino. <laughs> <laughs> My good God! That's well, a Kevin beating, Wilson was man. no picnic either. I mean, oh, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I thought it got a little better when Kevin got there. But, yeah, you're you're right. Like, that, Kerry, that's always interesting. Like, I think he's one of the most interesting guys from the angle of, like, when you would talk to him, he was so easy to talk to and was, you know, personable and all those things. And then you'd watch him go out there to the field, and you're like, damn, that's a different dude. Like, I mean, he was just very – Brent Brent is not unlike that in no, a lot of ways, no, especially in his younger get, years, Brent was that way. He would jump down your ass on the practice field. Mm-hmm. Brent's so likable, but, God, I'd be scared to death to play linebacker for him. I would just be paralyzed every day in practice, like just not <laughs> wanting to get screamed at. Because he could find so many different things to scream at you about. But that's, I, I mean, that, I, and that's the thing I think like Teddy and, and those guys, like they, like, you know, they want to, they want these guys to be put through the fire like they were because what is it? Uh, people, always, there's a lot of different ways to say it. Pressure burst pipes, iron sharpens iron, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of want you to go through uh, the hardening process, you know, to come out the other side of it and be able to handle pressure situations because, you're put through them every day at practice. And frankly, that's, you know, something this program could use. And I think they're getting it. But like I said, 
they're, they're they they've kind of learned I think where the line is not to push guys so far that they quit yeah because it's so much easier now than it was then <laughs> I mean guy guy has a rough day at a workout and tomorrow he's gone you know it's it's not the, it's it's not the easy you know not the oh there's all these hills to climb you have to sit out for a year and all that sort of thing, man. If it goes bad, it can go bad fast. Well, and I think the thing that, that helps them right now is just a blank slate for everybody. I mean, yep. they don't know who's going to start. They don't know who's going to play where. I mean, spring football gets here, and you go through that, and then I think you have something to worry about with guys that don't feel like they fit in or whatever. Yep. That'll be the well, second one. Guys, you... All right, it's our DeadSoxy.com timeout. Uh, I want to mention to you guys, if you don't know, DeadSoxy, a proud sponsor of the podcast. Uh, if you go to the website, DeadSoxy.com, that's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, you can use the promo code BOOMER to get 25% off of all purchases. And it doesn't, I know we talk about the OU stuff all the time. Uh, it doesn't just have to be the OU stuff. I mean, they just released this uh, athletic, athletic, athletic lounger sock that is really cool. Uh, it's a casual athletic lounger tie-dye three-pack. Uh, it's uh, 44 bucks, but uh, it's stuff like that. I mean, you can get stuff for work. You don't have to have just OU stuff all the time. You, you know, Eddie and I love the no-show socks. Uh, the dress socks are fantastic, great styles, uh, stuff that'll go with any outfit. Uh, and then, of course, for game day, the, there's the college collection, which they continue to expand. Uh, and because of you guys and your support that you've given them uh, over the years, uh, they've expanded the Oklahoma collection uh, greatly. The Maker Bayfields uh, was one of the big uh, runs that they had, but uh, uh, the uh, schooners, just the Oklahoma, uh, the state uh, symbol, I mean, all that stuff, uh, or the state uh, uh, shape uh, with the star on it, uh, just the states and stripes crimson. I mean, that, it's great socks, it, and they're fantastic to wear. They don't slip. Uh, you get patented technology to where they always stay up, uh, and just great fabrics, and they feel fantastic, and they wear fantastic, just make you feel uh, really special, really. like I mean, it's a different day when you put on those dead socksies versus when you put on those ones that have been sitting in your... A sock drawer for the last year. So go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, Eddie, Bob, Josh, I, we all love them. Uh, we all wear them, and we want you guys to give them a chance, too. Just use that promo code BOOMER, and they will give you 25% off your total order. So go get it done. Go use it. Uh, and as always, stay soxy. You look around the roster. Okay, Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback. We, we got that. There's not that many other spots that you can, Marvin Mims, okay? Like, I mean, on both sides of the ball, you can find three or four guys, but there is very little certainty. Like, you know there's talent there, but there are a lot of question marks. Like, okay, Jalen Redmond, okay, got that. You know, there, there are pieces here and there, but there is a lot of competition aside from all the, you know, coaches taking in information for the first time. The problem I see on offense is that everyone – that is in a position to be a player needs to be a player. Theo Weiss. Uh, you mentioned Marvin Mims. Like, there's not a lot of room for error or major yes. injuries. And that includes the I offensive agree. line. Yeah. Yep. Oh, offensive line is razor thin, especially at tackle. Mm -hmm. But it is going to be interesting. I mean, and we've talked about it enough, but 
I'm going to be interested to see what the lines look like coming out of Schmidty's first offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see something different in Andrew Rame? Do you see something different in Anton Harrison? Like, the, do they the look more need, explosive need to get pushed to yeah. bring out his best? Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that's Schmidty's number one offensive line. Strength on the offensive line. I, I think it's pretty obvious listening to, you know, Gabe and Teddy guys that have been around it talk about that situation. It's not good. And the other thing is, in this spring, is it more important maybe than it would be in other years, being a new coaching staff, the running back situation, to be more physical than maybe you would be in a normal spring? That's my question. Will Marcus Major get a chance to really show what he can do? Just from the outside looking in, it seems like Marcus Major is one of the bigger winners in all of this. Not just having stuck through everything, but, I mean, with what we think Jeff Levy wants to do offensively, I have to think that the way Marcus Major runs the football, there has to be a place for him in this offense. He he feels like a perfect Gray, fit. But say what? I, I He feels like a perfect fit to me, to what right. they like to do. Now, I mean, obviously exactly. they want this, that, or the other, but from the basic outline of what you want your back to be in that offense, he is a really good fit. Yeah, I, I mean, just it's weird to say this, but I mean, just think back to the you got to think back to the Baylor offenses under Art Bryles. I mean, that's what people are used to mm-hmm. seeing. I mean, that's what you're seeing or going to see with Oklahoma, which is you take your receivers, you basically put them like they're just standing in bounds. You spread them out that far, uh, and then you you hand the ball off and let a guy you know take his crack between the tackles. I mean, you, you're going to see a lot of that, and that's that's Marcus Major. At least that seems to be what Marcus made. I mean, that's not Eric Gray's game, but they'll find ways to use him. You know, and, and people will, you know, and I, I actually I've had a few people ask, I'm absolutely going to do like an under the hood of Jeff Levy stuff. Like we'll go through, cool. do the do, do the play, you know, we'll, we'll do two or three games. Like his biggest Miss. Ole Miss I'm hoping games, to, yeah. yeah, yeah, just so people can get kind of a feel, but I actually went back and looked over his last four years as offensive coordinator at, you know, UCF and Ole Miss, and then compared that to Oklahoma's offense the last four years. And I want to say, if I remember the numbers right, because I did this about a month ago, and I want to say his run rate was like 60% of the time, and Lincoln's was more like 52 or 53. So I know people, because there are, there's there's a lot of similarities. I've talked to a lot of people that say this is not going to be some huge conversion. It's very, very relatable from one scheme to the next. But Levy is a guy that, I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody, is an offensive lineman having that background and people that saw Baylor. I think that always got forgotten that like, oh, Baylor and all this passing. No, man, they were built on running at you. They wanted to stretch yeah. you and run. And, and I think that always went forgotten. You see the same thing here. Like they, they, That is the baseline of this offense. They will run the ball. They will run it and run it and run it. And they'll let that set up the throw, you know, the pass. Well, and what I want to know is, Will you run people out of a front? Will you, like, that was my biggest criticism of Lincoln Riley. I think the, the the biggest criticism you could levy against him, which was, okay, he's facing a five-man or a six-man front. He's not forcing the run. Like, he's still trying to throw the ball. Uh, and we joke about rush three, drop eight. But, like, there were times this year against Iowa State when he realized, oh, we can run the ball against this front. 
And I think that was the drive that kind of cemented the game for him, was it not, Bob? Like, like the th- like three possessions before the end of the game, like they just ran, ran, ran right down the field. You know, they did, but then they still needed a bad read on fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brock Purdy coming through. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it just did. like, you know, that never happened enough. Like he didn't go back to that. And so, right. like, is, Those, yeah. is Jeff Lebby, the next one was terrible. Is Jeff Lebby going to be the guy that's like, oh, you don't want to get out of your five man front? We're going to keep running it down your throat. Cause that was not who Lincoln was as an offensive coordinator. That's my biggest question. Yeah, Oklahoma took over midway in the fourth quarter. I'm looking at the drive right now, Kerry. Kennedy Brooks run, Kennedy Brooks run, Kennedy yeah. Brooks run, yeah. Eric Gray run, Eric all, Gray run. It was all Brooks. Yep. yep. Started throwing 32 and, you know, scored from the Iowa State seven. And that was how much time was left two and in the game minutes. when they scored? 5.06 when they went <laughs> off and they were up 28-14. And it still turned to that shit still, show chaos. Because then Iowa State scored, then they had the terrible – three and out where they did like a reverse or something like that yeah he went all he went all it was weird yeah and then iowa state should have tied tied the game but a, ter- a terrible pass on fourth for but it still tells you iowa state on their down two touchdowns almost ran as much clock as oklahoma did when they went up to buy buy the two touchdowns they took about two and a half minutes iowa state took like 210 for their drive to push it to a touchdown game and and then, like, you look at it, so uh, Oklahoma comes back, Caleb Williams run, Kennedy Brooks run, Caleb Williams run, and then they had to punt. And Turk just crushed yeah, one. I think it was the 61. Caleb Williams run, I think, was like a fake reverse on first down. Or it was something. something it, really yeah, it was something that was guard. mucked up, and it, it just mm, did yep. not work and ruined the drive. Yeah, first and 10, Caleb rushed for loss of four, Kennedy rushed, yep. loss of two, and then on third and 16, it says Caleb's rush. I'm sure it was a pass, and just you know, he ran for whatever he could get. Glory days. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. Like they were showing a, uh, they do that OU on the air replay, or vo- vo- you know, they they they're just showing old games during the off season. It's like, mm-hmm. I have no interest in watching him. I don't want to see Lincoln Riley out there. I don't want to see his team. And they're they're showing losses, which I find strange. It's like they want to they remind did. you. They showed Baylor. Money. They showed Baylor. Yes. I was like, hmm. They just want to remind you that he didn't give a shit when this game was played, and that he was he was in the process of having one foot out the door. They need a and Caleb Williams played like version. shit in this game too. <laughs> pop up video have, version. Let yeah, him know would, the truth. Would that not have been great if like Toby and uh, Chris Plank are like popping in? And remember, he was. In Los Angeles on November 4th <laughs> while he was supposed to be game planning. <laughs> Joe, be petty. Job. Do it, Joe. Let him <laughs> let him do the behind the scenes. Like, what was that old video thing, that pop-up video or whatever? Um, yeah. That's what I've been saying. That's what, that's oh, what, okay. That's what Bob was just saying. Pop-up video. <laughs> pop-up facts about Mike and Ryan. Nice. <laughs> You remember we the need jingle. more Bob doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need Bob jingles. Just random <laughs> jingles. That's amazing. You want to sing the behind the music theme for us while you're at it? I think it was behind the music. It was. Uh, it was whenever something sad happened, they played one by U two, and whenever someone redeemed themselves, 
it was that opening guitar from Blind Melon. Uh, that near, near, near. What was that <laughs> On the song? Show, we are getting a lot no, of... that's behind the music. Of... Behind oh. the music. You know, like when one of the Milli Vanilli brothers killed himself, it was the one, and then when the other one got out of drug rehab, it was Blind Melon, and he was walking on a beach. This guy's, this guy's been through so much. <laughs> Something came up about Milli Vanilli in the last couple of days. I think the, it was like the... the I think it was the anniversary of the Grammys or something like that. The anniversary of them winning and then having to admit that they weren't actually singing on the album. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of things we're going to find out in the spring. But the things that we really want to know, like, are they going to be more physical? What are they going to do running the ball in crucial situations? Like, we're going to have to wait till the season to figure that out. What'd you guys? Did you see the uh, football scoop story about uh, the Mac has petitioned the? I think they petitioned the NCAA to be able to have basically like scrimmages during the preseason with other teams. That'd be so cool if you could bring it like in August. I that's the way that I read it, but it would be cool if you could do it during the spring, like. I don't know how they would do it and I like mm-hmm. the, the travel and expenses and all that kind of stuff would be interesting. But like if OU could bring in I don't know, Arkansas. We'll say Arkansas, just for the shits and giggles of it. That'd be so cool to bring them in for like three days. You could have two practices and then like a mini scrimmage. Kind of like how the NFL does at the beginning of the season with those inter squad practices. I don't see any like what would be against that? I'm trying to let Bob talk. There you go. I'm trying to let Bob. I'd say common sense. I mean, I, I mean, that would be the only thing I would stop it because it makes too makes too way too much sense to actually happen. Well, it's been talked about for years and years. I mean, we used to ask yeah. Bob about it back in the day. Like, why could and Arkansas was always one of the teams that was brought up in Oklahoma State could play Tulsa, but then they play each year. Um, you know, maybe they. I mean, you can you can play North Texas. I mean, there's all kinds of yeah. schools around exactly. that you could play. Officially, the MAC asked the NCAA to consider a proposal that would allow FBS teams to hold NFL-style joint practices, and it would be during the fall, though. So instead of having 18 practices to begin your preseason, you could uh, put one of those practices with no more than 75 minutes of contact with joint practices. I think it'd be an awesome idea. And I mean, from a, in terms of just exposure and getting people excited for the season. Well, and you think you about somehow revenue point off of that. Think about revenue that people have lost over the years. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like that would be good for athletic departments all across the country. And I mean, I, I mean, I see, that- and I think you do it in the spring because if you do it in the fall, people know that there's an entire schedule coming. If you do it in the spring, you're going to have a better chance of selling out your stadium. And, I mean, let's face it. People know when they go to inter-squad scrimmages that it's not going to be, it's going to be basically a practice. It's going to be like going to the Pro Bowl. Like, nobody really wants to watch that stuff. They they You get suckered into it, and you think, oh, it's the spring game. Like, I can't wait to go out and see the Sooners. And then, you know... Ha- 
by halftime, you're bored out of your mind and you realize this wasn't what you made it out to be in your head. If you're playing another team, yeah, if you're playing mm -hmm. another team, they're going to bring it. Your team's going to bring it. Like, it's going to be a real football game. And I think you would sell out the stadium without a problem. Even if it's North Texas. Hell, even if it's, you know, uh, well, SMU would be a good opponent. I think they would have to make it to where it's regional base. Right. I mean, and, it would have to be. Yeah. I mean, hell, you could. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it would get to the point where it would be like, well, Alabama wants to play theirs in Jerry World. You'd have to prevent that stuff from happening. Yeah, it'd have to be like on campus or something. But you, you could do it. You could get around and be able to. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know why. Why would be. it be? Why would it be a problem if Alabama wanted to play at Jerry World and take on? Oh, I guess Oregon. Not really. There wouldn't. I don't know. I. I guess there's nothing against it. I. I don't. Probably more of a headache for the people of the AT and T Stadium to have to put it on than mm -hmm. anything. Yep. I think they'd take the money, in the park. Oh, Jerry sure. would take the parking money for sure. Hell, if I'm just a regular college football fan, I don't even think you'd have to be an Alabama fan. I'd go watch. That. I mean, that's the re that's the problem that we have with not Especially having when you're starved for football. When, when you don't have, and like I have heard that there's a possibility that there could be like an overseer of college football, like a commissioner, and that's being talked about a little bit behind the scenes. But if you had that type of guy that was about furthering the game that was about growing revenue he would absolutely make that kind of like a tent pole because that's an advantage that college football would have over the NFL which is you have a spring football session I mean no other f level of football has that and has interest like college football does so if you actually had a single game during the spring it would the eyes of the world that weekend or do it over two weekends, but you only play once. Like ESPN would absolutely and Fox would absolutely descend on those games. It would be a big damn deal, and it would put college football in the limelight at a time of the year when nobody's thinking about football. And let's face it, I mean maybe I'm too much of a football nerd. I kind of enjoyed having XFL games to watch that one year. Well, it's one of those things, though. Yeah. I, and I think that this is where the college football could really take, kind of take hold because I, I don't know about you, Kerry, but I'm interested in the XFL or the USFL, whatever those new leagues are during the spring. Mm -hmm. I'm interested for about a week. Anything more than that, like week two, week three, once they like start their season, it's kind of like, okay, I don't, there's other and the things. quality dips. Right. Like in the newness that, wears hurts. off. I mean, that, that's what hurts. So you think I was only interested in it because Stoops was coaching? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's not like PJ Walker was the, you know, like you were glued whenever he was. Taking I liked the him though. He hadn't done anything. It wasn't in the appointment NFL. television. I mean, that was a, the quarterback play was so bad. I mean, exactly. You've got to have quarterbacks if you got in these leagues. USFL, none of them have them. 
and Shea Patterson was the no, the number one pick yesterday. Wasn't it two two old Miss quarterbacks that were number one and number two? Hmm. I think it was Shea Patterson and then the uh, oh, what was the other kid's name? The uh, kid that uh, the Sneed is it? Jevin Sneed? No, Jevin uh, Sneed. Isn't he like Jonah. 50 years old by now? Is he? Shit, I don't know. I, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. Um, You're thinking of the guy that was on last year's yeah. U, uh, Chad something? or No, I'm thinking of the kid that was drafted by New England a couple years ago. Um, oh, what's his name? Well, that'd the be kid, Jake uh, the, uh The kid that went to Baylor and then ended up at... Uh, oh, at Auburn. Uh, uh, at Auburn, yeah, you're right. That's where I'm crossing. Stidham? You're right. It's Jake Stidham. Yeah. yeah. Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. Jared. Yeah. Jared. Mm-hmm. Jevin, I think Jevin Sneed uh, passed away, didn't he? I think that's right. Yeah. I think he. Uh, Was he yeah, an evangel Christian guy? Sneed? Uh,. No, he was from Texas. Um, he was in Austin, uh, San Angelo, wasn't Stephenville. he? Stephenville. Oh, Stephenville. Oh, Stephenville guy, yeah. 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 I think he had some problems. Jevin, Jevin Sneed is dead. He died he September 21st, 2019 at the age of 32. I think he committed suicide. suicide. I think it's kind of a bad deal. Mm-hmm. Says dementia-like symptoms. Yeah. I remembered it. It was There was something really kind of f***ed up going on there. I remember seeing that story because didn't he went on to uh he transferred from texas went to old miss right i believe that's right yeah yes yeah that yeah uh, i thought stidham's one of those guys that is kind of on the back end of the or Bryles thing that's like i thought he was gonna be awesome after that freshman year at baylor yep i was surprised that he didn't have a career in the nfl I mean, we were at the Rivals camp when he committed to Tech. Or not committed. He was already committed, but he was the MVP of that camp, the Dallas Regional. Oh, I got you. And I remember him getting introduced, and he was all guns up and this and that. Then apparently he met a sporting goods magnate from Waco. Like, lived with him. Coincidence. Wasn't it? Just, Just coincidence. Like, didn't he, like, move in with, like, some big Baylor booster or something? Like, became, like, I don't know if he adopted him or something, but. There was something I never got that whole story, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, (laughs) Random quarterback conversations. (laughs) The rabbit hole that always gets you. Um, And we didn't even mention Brent Rawls. So, um. There's your evangel. Yeah. Well, I I talked you know a little bit to Jalen Ross here and there, um, and we've talked about his dad, uh, Tristan, who was a evangel guy too. Um, man, my mind went blank. I had uh, they're they're not evangel isn't where they used to be, right? No, just as far no. as like they're, production of guys and yeah. They're they're still good. I'm gonna check as I say that, but I mean I don't think they've fallen off that hard. But they're I mean you know back the then D1 they were a national. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, they were they like, were Bishop Gorman before Bishop Gorman. Yeah, they were like the first, I guess, quote unquote, private school that kind of came on my radar as far as like 
holy hell, like, what are they doing? They're, they turn out guys every single year. I mean, they they had, Jordan like, Tamu. multiple. Damn it. Jordan Tamu, that's who. Oh, the, right, second, that was the second pick in the USFL. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I remember wow. that guy from Ole Miss. Yeah. Okay, Weird. I I was I was mistaken. It, I'm gonna get it. No, he was an XFL quarterback for for one of I think maybe Chuck Long's, whatever team Chuck Long was offensive coordinator for. I think that was his quarterback. Wow. Um, I watched a lot of XFL, man. I finally, I finally thought about it. Wow. Evangel last year went 3-8. and eight. In the COVID-shortened year, they went 0-8. Oh, and eight. Ooh, boy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they, they have. They have yeah, they've fallen a lot harder than I realized. Now, prior to – they were 12-2 and two in 2016, so they're not that far away from it. And the two losses were – one was to Allen in Texas, and the other one was Monroe Neville, who's another superpower in Louisiana. So, you know, and they – looks like they went on and won the state championship that year. So – not Did they not bad or something. Well, they ne- they played Neville in the preseason. Did they get prime prepped? They might have. I mean that 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 stuff happens. Um, but yeah, they, I mean they, after that they went like eight and four and six and five, and then the last two years have just fallen off the cliff. By the way, um, it is the dead period, Josh, but. Is there anything really brewing or I know you were you're gone last week and kind of just taking some time off and getting away, which I'm glad for you. Seems March fifth is gonna be one of the yep. biggest recruiting weekends that they've put together. It looks really good right now. I mean they they've they've got some guys and I'm um I'm working on going over all the new offers basically since Brent took over, which is gonna be about sixty guys. So bear with me. That's taken me a little bit of time to get through all the tape and uh, kind of get a feel, a brief feel on what their recruiting is like and where they're at. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the the list I put up in Woke this morning. I mean, they've got already five, seven, nine confirmed offers that are going to be on campus, including Richard Young, rivals 100 running back out of Florida, uh, Caden Green, the big time offensive lineman out of Missouri, that I think is one of their better chances in the 2023 class to sign a five star. Um, you know, you, recent offers to PJ Adabaware, I think is how you're going to say his name, uh, the defensive end out of North Kansas City. So, I mean, they, they really, they're putting together a nice list. I think on March 5th, you're probably going to see maybe two or three commitments, I think are very possible. Um, and again, when I, as I go through this tape, it's, I'm, they're finding, they're, they're making good offers. They're making, uh, they're getting involved with guys early on, guys they either had relationships with before or just tape they find. Guys, they offered, and I'm actually talking to the kid a little bit here as we go through the pod, they offered a kid named Tyler Moore in Georgia that is a 2024 guy that didn't even have a rival's profile, and he is, Oklahoma is his first offer. And a kid out of Georgia, that does not happen. Like, that, that is... Roof. That's the roof very, yeah, very strange. You know, it's, it sounds like Brent followed, he told me Brent followed him initially and then Bates followed him and then Bates got in touch with his coach and he called Bates and the offer was made last week. And so, I mean, it's, like I said, they are, they're really hitting the ground and, and, you know, Bob, I, I'm, you've noticed it as well. We've talked a little bit about it. It's just the concentration on areas. You know, somebody brought it up in the chat and I thought it was a really good observation 
under the previous staff, they, I mean, don't get me wrong, there, there was merit to what they were doing because they were having some success with it, but they just went nationwide. They're just wherever the best players was, we're going there. And I'm not saying they're not doing this now, but they are really going to make sure they hit Dallas hard, they hit Oklahoma, kind of Kansas, Missouri hard, and they hit the Southeast hard. Th- those are going to be their three primary home runs because you're not seeing – Oh, you do a ton of work in Houston even right now. Like it's very Dallas heavy. And I, I, I think they're just playing to their strengths. They've got a staff built on that, uh, with a lot of Dallas area connections and they're making use of it. And I think it's, it's going to pay off. You've already got Jackson Arnold, uh, obviously had his big rating bump last week. I, you know, I know you guys talked about that, but there is, um, there, there's good momentum right now. Oklahoma is going in the, in a good direction. And I think um, they are they're in much better shape for some elite guys like DJ Hicks, um, Anthony Hill, some of the, some of the big big names that I don't think people are nationally maybe are giving OU credit with right now. By the time it's over, Oklahoma's going to be right there on both of those guys. That's a little surprising yep. that national folks aren't giving OU much of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, whether it's – guys, you know, if you – I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. If you want to question what Brent Venables is going to do as a head coach, okay, like there's no track record. I get it. I, I think all four of us believe there is reason for optimism there and, and to believe that he has a, a vision of what he wants to do. But as a recruiter, all Brent's ever done is be a good recruiter. Like his whole career, OU, Clemson, Kansas State, he's always done it well. And so I don't understand this hesitance that he's going to suddenly not recruit. I don't want to get into the comparison. Just he'll recruit well. Like I don't. I don't think it has to be really up for question. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is he'll recruit well defensively, which has been an issue for a very long time. I. I mean. It won't shock me for a second if OU gets visits from both Cormani McLean, who's currently the number one corner in the country, and Javian Toviano, who I believe is in the top three or four. I mean, that does not happen. And Cormani McLean's from Florida. Like, I mean, you're talking about some elite defensive guys who are going to make it to Oklahoma. And, you know, Hicks and Hill, they visited last month. Toviano's supposed to be in Norman this month, or I guess in, in March. So, I mean, there is, there's just going to be a lot of activity. I mean, the defensive recruiting, now they've got to close on the guys, but Oklahoma's right. going to get some swings at guys we haven't seen them get chances with before. At a point now where pay attention to offers made in Georgia and Florida on defense kind of a couple of years ago. All of a sudden, Washington, D.C., Baltimore area, you had mm-hmm. to start paying attention. Now it's moving more to the southeast and especially on defense, they make those offers, you know, that's, those are guys that they know they can legitimately make a run at. And that's definitely different compared to years prior. Well, and I, I kind of look at it this way in terms of, you know, regardless of how the national media feels about, um, you know, whether OU's taking a step back or not, I, I think OU fans should embrace just the overall change because it really is 
you know, with the exception of, you know, DeMarco and Kale return and Bill stays. But it's a house cleaning that, in a way, it can kind of take that stigma off of Oklahoma. It should of, you know, can get to kind of like Notre Dame has gotten, which is they can get to the playoffs, but they can't get much further than that. Like, they have a chance to kind of redefine themselves as a program. OU does. Because they're going to be a different-looking team. They're going to be better defensively than they've ever been when they when and if they do get to the playoffs again. And that'll give them a better chance. But, yeah, I mean, I if you're going to say, because Lincoln Riley is gone, uh, Oklahoma's going to take a step back, then you also can't hold on to the well, Oklahoma can't win the playoff argument as well. You can't have it both ways. So I just, I don't think it's that bad of a thing to have people doubt in Oklahoma. I wouldn't get that upset about it. No, I, I think for most people, it just is annoying, right? It, I mean, the, they're not saying about Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame. They're not mentioning how the Irish are going to fall off a cliff because Freeman's never been a head, a head coach. That's kind of one of those things, though. I mean, does anybody necessarily really expect Notre Dame? I, I guess it it's how you look at it. I mean, I, and it also probably is inflated a little bit more because of where OU's going into the SEC, which I think, like, there is some truth to a lot. Not, not to a lot of it, but I don't know. It, it's hard to explain because I think that there is – at least a little bit of validity to, you know, oh, he's not going to go 11 and 1, 12 and 0 every year. I mean, 12 and 0, they haven't done, but 11 and 1, 10 and 2. Yeah. I mean, Why it's don't just. Why do you believe in them, Eddie? Because <laughs> I'm betting against them. <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to field the team in 2022. <laughs> well. But if, if if Notre Dame was making the move to the SEC, I think that there would be some of that same. It, maybe it's a little bit of a, like an SEC arrogance. I just think that there's a lot of people that look at the program and then see that you lose a guy like a Lincoln Riley and they think, oh, there's just no way that they're going to be able to sustain the success when in reality they've done it for the last 30 years. Yeah. Or for the better part of the last 25 years for sure. Yeah, thirties a little. You're still getting into the, you get into some bad areas Blake there. Era. Yeah. Yep. I wonder as the, <laughs> as the OU fan narrative, you know, like kind of got out there where OU fans were on Lincoln, and there was pretty clearly an attempt by you know some media to fight against that, whether it was on behalf of Riley or just you know based on things they'd heard. I wonder if as they gathered some of that information from whoever, there was a, well, maybe Oklahoma's not what we thought it was. Like, maybe it was Lincoln Riley. Maybe that was what was, like, I, I wonder if there is a perception that maybe wasn't even intentional, just, well, OU doesn't want to put this in the game. They don't want to do that. They don't want to, you know, invest in this way. And now they're going to the SEC, so now they're in trouble. Like, a narrative that was created almost to defend Riley and his choice becomes, well, Oklahoma's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, you got to really stretch to 
buy into that though i think i i just think i i I don't disagree i just think it's you know it's changed the way that people think about it it's changed the way people are approaching it i mean if anything um you know we we have we had a lot of questions uh last week while you're gone just about nil stuff and you see more and more coming out about that like um i i'm that's something that has to straighten itself out especially at ou and i think it will um but at the same time, you're going to know if OU is really a premier program when they go to the SEC because they, they're either going to be ready to compete with Georgia in, in Alabama or they're not. They're gonna, they'll be an also-ran. They'll be a, a Florida. They'll be a, um, you know, just another one of the teams in the SEC that you know, wins eight, nine games, and that's it. But if, the, if they... If they do continue to build and they're not that far off, then they can go in the SEC and compete and get into the college football playoff. But Does I that mean, go, go ahead, Bob. That was something that happened after the pod last week was the decision to not expand the uh, playoff. So should OU jump at the SEC as soon as possible, or do they wait it out? to see if you can still make the playoff the four the four team version I think for the next I think right now staying in the Big 12 for as long as you can is the best option. I just I just I just think that you have to continue to build your program and your talent level to be ready to play in that conference. I I just don't think that going you take your lumps early. You don't believe in that, like 23, 24, go 9 and 3 or something no. as you build what you think can dominate later? No, I think they're better off. This We're going to get into Josh's bowl game argument here. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think they're better off looking good and, and continuing to recruit well and continuing to look as dominant as possible before they go into the SEC. But I, I think what Bob's saying is, is, so is there an argument to be made that you don't try to get out of the Big 12 contract as soon as possible? You stay in the Big 12 in 23, 24, 25, then you make the jump. That's what I think that they should do. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't think leaving early and taking your lumps is, is the way to go. Because you're leaving early, you're taking your lumps, and now you don't have a chance of making an eight-team playoff. Josh, you like don't even 10, have to say like, anything. We know what side you're on here. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you're 10-2 and two in an eight-team playoff, you think you have a chance. But if you're in the in the SEC, but if you're 10-2 and two and it's a four-team, you're, you're definitely not going to be one of the four. Yeah, you still have to. Uh, you you basically only have one loss possibility, and you have to have a really good out of conference win to get there from the Big Twelve still. And you have to hope that yeah, the Pac twelve still sucks, and that the Big Ten only has one one team. Because I I don't I don't know that the SEC I don't know if we'll get to the end of the college football playoff contract where the SEC doesn't have two teams in the playoff from here on out. Unless you have, I mean, you'd have to have an undefeated Big 12 in a Pac-12 team to keep a second SEC team out. You, you, or you'd have to have a 12-0 and Michigan and 11-1 and Ohio State. Like, it'd have to be, and they played like a classic game yeah. or something where the home team, you know, won or whatever. I mean, it, it would have to be a real, because, I mean, 
There's just nothing in the information that says that's not the way it should be. I mean, people can get mad all they want, but I I mean, SEC teams keep winning national championships. It's not an accident. Well, they had the, they clearly had the two best teams last year. Clearly the two sure. best. Yep. One in close. Yeah, far and away. It's just amazing to me that the Pac-12, the ACC, and Big Ten basically sabotage themselves. Especially the Pac-12, the ACC, when it comes to the decision and the voting. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. For expansion. They literally, they, they, they sabotage themselves to make some type of stupid-ass point because they feel like the SEC has too much power. And made a move that only gave them more. <laughs> right. Like it, 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 it's so stupid. Like it doesn't make any sense. You, I, I, I get that you're trying to drive home a point, and I'm sure part of it was they felt like the SEC was working, you know, them with one hand, and then kind of working on the OU Texas thing with the other. But man, it doesn't matter. It does. Like you are hurting yourselves because if you're not in that playoff, you are not relevant. And they just won't seem to accept that reality. It's almost like now, they, I will say, they took the line of thinking, well, if we have 12 teams and the SEC still has both teams in the championship, we're going to look worse. So we can't do that. Uh, the The one guy that I think I kind of like, I, when he was hired, I was like, I don't know. The George Klyavkov guy, I think he actually might be pretty good. Like He seems like he's kind of like, Wait, what are we doing here? Like, wh- why are we locked in on these ideas? It has to be X, Y, Z. He seems like he's got some interesting ideas. I- I'm kind of interested to see where he goes. But um, that wasn't the greatest first move <laughs> to back the the non. I mean, because the, the Pac-12 is in danger of total irrelevance. Look, I think, I think we've seen the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and what they're all about when the pandemic started. I mean, it's just terrible leadership. And it's not the commissioners, it's the presidents. Sure. And and, and it's mm-hmm. everything that you've always been told, which is, you know, why everybody was so mad at David Bourne because he wanted to be part of that elite, uh, you know, research facility, AAU or, you know, Pac-12. Like, like, those presidents don't give a damn about football or athletics. They're not there for that. Whereas if you're in the Big 12 or the SEC, you I mean, athletics is part of your identity. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean. The Jim Phillips guy seems like he's an idiot. The ACC commissioner. Yes. Like some I, of the quotes I mean, he was saying coming out of that thing was just like, are you, do you hear yourself talking? Because <laughs> – I mean, how much are you playing with fire? Like you are in the you are in the SEC footprint. You have one nationally relevant program right now, one, and you're gonna go piss in the wind. Like, knock it off. Like, recognize where you are in the world right now. I, Florida State and Miami are not Florida State and Miami. That's not the teams anybody cares about. You have one team that anybody that that, is that anybody's gonna yeah. tune in to see. And so I, I just don't, I don't understand what the thinking is. Like the, the Carrie's right about the Big Ten, but there's so much damn money that it the, the Big Ten will stay relevant. They they just will sure. 
based well, on how much. Base. I mean, their fan yes. base mm-hmm. will yes. keep them relevant when their presidents tried everything they can to make them irrelevant. Yep. Yep. They, There's just got too much huge passion fans, for Huge stadiums. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the ACC and the Pac-12, like, man, you guys are playing with fire. Because, I mean, what's to stop Clemson from making the exact same move OU and Texas did? Like, why, 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 why do well, we have and, to carry this whole conference's water? Us just talking about this reinforces why OU and Texas made the right decision. Yep. Because, I mean, Bob Bowlesby's just as guilty as, uh, as those other people are by just staying pat. I mean, like, now you're making the move to add teams because OU and Texas forced your hand. Why weren't you doing that before? You wouldn't be in this situation. So you don't think that there's any... Not like second guessing by any means, but there's there's nobody down in Norman or Austin that's like, well, I mean, you look at the landscape of the Big Twelve and BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, the teams that they're bringing in, like the conference seems like it's going to be strong. It's a strong basketball league, really good baseball. You don't think there's any? I don't think that there are. I'm just throwing it out there. I wonder if there are anybody in those athletic departments that's thinking, well, I wonder. If, we should have stayed around. I'd prefer that the the Big 12 stayed together. I really would have. I'd prefer yeah. that that happened and you know, it's not like OU was getting left out, you know, left uh, you know, with without a seat at the table. They had a seat at the table. Now, their margin for error was smaller. It was their table. Yeah, Everybody it was else. their table. So, I mean, I would have preferred they stayed together, but money, I mean, the, the things that's going on with TV and streaming services and all that the uncertainty of future uh, contracts. I mean, I got to think that OU and Texas knew what the next media had some idea. And that remember, that was part of it is that ESPN and Fox weren't willing to come back to the table and start negotiating a deal early for what their next media rights deal was going to be. That started right. all of this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it comes down to the uncertainty of your future financially when the Big Ten and the SEC are only like... The SEC is the big dog now, but the Big Ten is going to pass them in the coming years in terms of revenue. So they're going to, the Big Ten, whose presidents don't even care about football, like, again, they're being saved by their athletic departments and their fan base because they're generating all this revenue. And the SEC, because they've made smart moves, makes all this money now, there's no guarantee that the Big 12 is going to be able to compete in five years with what those those leagues are becoming. So you had to make the move. And I'm sorry Lincoln Riley didn't want to come along for the ride, but that's on him. That's not on OU. That's not that's not that shouldn't be taken into account for whether OU made the right move or not. They did. They absolutely it was self-preservation. And it's it's not going to be easy. It might not be fun at first. But you know what? If you want to get back to hanging national championship banners, you gotta you gotta go through the SEC. So you might as well be a part of it. Well, and, not and it's like we were. I said like, go ahead, Eddie. Oh no! I just I, I was gonna say I you know I say that the basketball conference is really good and the baseball conference is really good of what the future of the Big Twelve could be. The SEC is better. I mean, you, you still look up and you see Auburn at the top. It could be huge for it could be and huge for baseball, baseball obviously, yeah. softball obviously. Like it's still a big deal for all the sports. Go ahead, Josh. 
Oh, no, I, I was just saying, I mean, I think we can all agree the playoff will expand eventually, no matter how long certain people fight it. Eventually, guys, because there comes a point when the SEC is like, fine, piss off. We're going to go do our own thing. Like, we don't need. If you have Alabama and Georgia in the in the conversation, no one's really going to be like, well, that's kind of a pretend national title. Like, no, whoever else played for it is the pretend. Like, that's we all kind of know that's what it is. At some point, the SEC is going to be like, look, you're with us or you're Division Two, whatever you want to call it. That that's the way that's going to play. And so, when it whenever it inevitably does expand, because it's just going to have to, there is. Oh, you can go ten and two in the SEC and go to the playoff. I want to I mean, see this just, turn into Seabiscuit yes. and War Admiral. I want to see like the SEC splinter off, and then every year, uh, whoever is the champion of the other teams has to, you know just spends the entire offseason coming after the SEC, coming after Alabama or Georgia, whoever, uh, to play them on a field on a neutral field somewhere. Like I want to see, I want to see them traveling by train across the country. Uh, to rile up the SEC champion to get him to play. That I I, I mean I I just imagine like Michigan's quarterback doing the poolside Joe Namath thing, like just talking <laughs> trash. Yeah, like a- that, A-F-L, that's A-F-L. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that's what we're looking for there. But yeah, I mean we I, might I mean, get that, to that point one day. I mean we're headed it, in that direction. It's very right possible. Now. If these, if the three. <laughs> The three least powerful conferences in the country, as far as the Power Five goes, if they don't blink, that's exactly what's going to happen, and they're going to get just left in the dust. We may just have more to kick than the, they are at this point. Can you imagine if we just kick the pick the Pac-12 out, and then Lincoln Riley can claim a national championship every year? USC becomes. I bet U- that's what he U- wants. UCF. <laughs> yeah, I I guarantee you he would he would not mind that. I mean, that would mean Oklahoma's last two offensive coordinators could claim national titles. That weren't real, yeah. Yeah, neither one. Actually, I think Heupel's better head coach than... I won't say it. I won't finish that. Oh, wow. I won't finish that. Oh, I like it. No, go with it. Go with it. I like it. That's just some residual uh, hate (laughs) sitting around. That's just... But you guys always have such a warm, friendly thing. Who me and hype? No, you and you and Lane. No. I mean, it was always oh. so perfect. I mean, I called him a dick. It's not like we had a bad relationship. Dickhead. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> I said Give me. psycho and a dick. Psycho, psycho dick. Psycho dick. Mm-hmm. The biggest psycho. Yeah, uh, psycho. I don't know. I can't remember. It was two thirty a.m. on psycho a Saturday. Dickhead. Psycho dickhead. Maybe. <laughs> Well, who's blocked and who's not? Ooh. Oh, no. Yeah, I would have called him a c- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I just met a little kid yesterday. I think I'm going to have to Got a mark, mark that, that one. The son of a pastor, by the way. That is the most, okay, this is not an invitation. I just want you to know. We can't just have people swinging by the office. Um, I had some guy uh, show up yesterday who could not talk, and he couldn't find the Progressive Insurance Company at 746 ASP. And the parking lot, you know, of, um, like, Hertz Donuts is in there. 
but there's there's our building and then the next building is like a cell store now or something it used to be that um like health food place i think like burns hargis daughter runs that or something uh but then there's you know the, with the parking lot i'm speaking of right mm-hmm. that yeah. la luna used to be there yeah where they mm-hmm. did sec yeah. sec but like we're like 7:30 and that's 7:50 the next building and it's just a parking lot and he, and I like it was freezing outside but he could he didn't have he couldn't talk he he was like I don't know if he had a throat thing going or something but he had me he was writing things down to speak to me and so I was trying to help him find it and I couldn't help him but it's like we just have people I have to lock the doors up there I mean it's just people come in all the time it's crazy, but uh, no. There's been some good experiences, though, haven't there? No. The, um, so we've had like you know students drop in and just see me in there and said, "Hey, we just wanted to say hi. We love Sooner Scoop. We love the podcast." And uh, so a scooper, uh, his name's Matt. Um, he and his son are. He's from Washington. He's a pastor. Uh, we talked about all the Catholics on the show. Um, but and we also talked about the mega churches in Oklahoma for a little bit. Um, but he wanted to come by and see the office, and he brought me a snickerdoodle. Uh, and his son was there with him, and he wanted to buy. Uh, by the way, by the time you listen to this podcast, or shortly thereafter, fully restocked on the unofficial forty hats visors. We've even got a black visor, uh, and we've got uh, camouflage hats, and we've got more coming. Uh, but everything that we've had in stock that's sold out. We'll be back in stock by the end of today on Wednesday. So, uh, SoonerScoopStore.com. Go buy them before this batch ends up uh, sold out, and then we'll order more. Uh, but very excited to... Uh, we've already started shipping out uh, the visors and people on the wait list, and everybody's taken care of. Uh, shout out to all you guys that have supported the the uh, Unofficial 40 uh, merch and more to come. But so, he came to the... He, he was from Washington, and his sister just had a baby, and so they were in town visiting, and uh, he, he came to the office. But it was amazing. He bought two uh, unofficial 40 visors, and his son was there, but just the fact that he's a pastor, and he loves the show, uh, and just it, and his kid likes the show, like, and he's a little bitty kid. And we've had people, like, you know, take pictures with the hats and their kids and stuff. And, Eddie, you know this, like, you've had people come up to your airport and say, yeah, I love listening to the show, even when my kids are in the car. It is it is fascinating. I know you look at it differently than I do, Eddie. I'm trying to protect the children. You're trying to uh, uh I'm just trying to get ready, ready them. for this world yeah. that we live in. Yeah. This cruel, inhumane world that in society that we take a part of. What a message of I'm hope. just preparing them. I am actually <laughs> probably doing more than the parents are doing in preparing them for life uh-huh. after the home, after they get out of the home. Do you think this and will keep course, them from smashing? Like Abby Broyles that oh. basically trying to ruin their lives. You are uh, the anti-Abby Broyles is what you're saying. Yeah, 100%. He's not a man of the people. He's a man of the children. Would you? Are you going to run Democrat or Republican against her for Ward Five or whatever it is? Independent. <laughs> I run for the people. I don't need a uh, party. He's from the people. That's the people the party. <laughs> isn't that? A, isn't the? Isn't the party of the people? Uh, the socialist party. 
It's probably Is something it? No. like it that. It would make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah it's, it sounds right. Yeah. yeah. A little window dressing to say yeah, I'm a not. communist. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we appreciate it. communist. stopping by, and uh, it's just. I got to show him the TVs that Josh is, uh, hates me for, so <coughs> he enjoyed that. Wow, that was a visceral reaction to the yep, TVs. It's pain. The TV wall is stuck somewhere in Irving, Texas. I don't know when it's ever showing up. It might be a few days before they uh, get back headed north. Yeah, well, I don't. not getting pelted with ice. I yeah. don't think that uh, they're coming today or tomorrow or the day after, so. We'll see how I may not even be able to get over there. I don't know. So, um, no, but appreciate everybody with that stuff. But uh, Soonerscoopstore.com, go check it out. Still got Isaiah Thomas merch as well. Uh, let's get that cleared out, and we'll get our next NIL uh, activities going with the merch store as well. So we'll be working on all that. and uh, Really good progress. I know a lot of people are interested in the office and what's going on, and really uh, a lot of good progress. And I would say over the next three weeks, We'll be close to uh, potting in the studio with possibly YouTube. YouTube enhanced unofficial 40, which nobody really needs, but everybody wants. <laughs> right. Because you don't want to look at us. We're not pretty. You've seen lots of Eddie. You know how it is. Can Eddie... I mean, if the cigarette's not lit, can he still There's do no the There's no smoking show? in the office, all right? Not, it's not lit. It's not lit. There's no smoking. I'm it's just a cigarette hanging early. out of his I'd, mouth. We're, we're putting in ventilators uh, <laughs> like they have at Buffalo Wild Wings. You can't even smell it, Gary. It's, it's, a, it's a real nice thing. It's going to be a problem, it. isn't it? Eddie sneaking smokes in the office. All right, told yes. Zach and the guys upstairs, like, don't worry about it. Just... Kick on the floor a couple times. We'll quiet it down. <laughs> With that in mind, Eddie, Carrie, he lots can't of have people, key. lots of no, people, no keys for Eddie. Lots of people have asked me if we can turn that into a Airbnb for the for game weekends. <laughs> the office? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the bathroom. I'm not against it. I guess so. Oh, I'm yeah. not against it. Yeah, that really isn't. As long as they're uh, like. Does that does that come with if you rent the back bedroom or the back office? Does that come with a guest appearance on the post game pod? Well, like do you have to be on the post game pod. <laughs> but you have to have a certain blood alcohol level if you're gonna if you're gonna join the post game oh, sure. pod. There you go. Sure. It is. I could just I see game days being a dangerous situation. We might have to have an armed guard if things don't go well. <laughs> Maybe like an air marshal for the office. Some, someone that could take care of business if it goes bad. That's the other thing. Like, I am afraid of like putting up... I'm just afraid of everything right now. It's just a being in the public situation where people could just walk in anytime. It's happened so much. I'm still not used to it. So We do need a... Uh, like a... What are those... What are those uh, signs called that kind of like old school looking uh, neon? Yeah, you're talking neon. Is it like a neon type sign? Like, yeah, kind of. I wonder how you get one of those made. 
Oh, I know. How they to don't get all made. light up. There's only part yeah. Of like they need to work. repurpose the sugar sign into a Sooner Scoop sign. <laughs> Maybe we could do that. <laughs> I don't think we want people walking in saying, "Where are the girls?" Well, I mean, if we it would say Sooner Scoop, we would have to uh, completely redo it. I. We'll workshop that one. Okay, let's do that. Maybe <laughs> off the air. <laughs> anyway, um, so I mean, moving forward, I know Josh, you've got the the Sooner Seven on Seven coming up that you're going to yep. uh, grace us with your presence for. Will be within state lines this weekend, presumably. That yeah. that, that that's going to actually maybe stay uh, stay it on should. course. Yeah, I mean, it's by Friday. It should all be melting. It really shouldn't be an issue. Okay. 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 Uh, and then obviously the following weekend will be OU's um, uh, big junior day that we talked a little bit about. And then after that, there is another big seven on seven event here in Houston that I'll be at and then probably hit up Under Armour that following day. So it'll be a busy few weekends. Tiffany and I pretty, she's got some work stuff going on. We're, we're going to see each other for about 12 hours for about the next three weeks. So, uh, you know, the, the, again, there was a reason I took the week off when I did, cause I kind of knew this was all coming. Plus Tiffany was going to kill you if you didn't. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm Bob, Bob can attest the, the to-do list can only get so long before danger, you know, and again, I sleep, I, I sleep next to someone who, you know, puts people, you know, out with narcotics for a living. So, I mean. You don't you don't want to Nothing play with fire too much. Yeah, she knows yeah, she, exactly she how much melatonin no she can give you. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and exactly how just a much how's a, how much is enough to look like an accident, you know? <laughs> so I, I live with that 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 fear. All right, uh, anything else you guys wanted to get out there before we get out of here today? Sounds like a. I don't think so. Jocelyn Allo's going to set the home run record this weekend. OU baseball's moving their games down to Globe Life because of uh, the weather up here. So they're out of town if anybody in the DFW area wants to get over there and uh, watch some baseball. I think they, they might be okay. We'll see. They got four games in. They got some pretty good arms. We shall see. It's still bad, love. Oh, yeah. Oh, bad. Boy. Here we go. Oh, here boy. we go. <laughs> It's still bad, Lil. Is that your pop-up video jingle again? <laughs> that was, that's my meekly, hey, it's still there. You can show up. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! <laughs> that's basically, oh what, that's wow. basically what basketball's become. <laughs> you guys, I remember, uh, well, you guys were like, Last night you're like, yeah, you don't have to give us any players. We we know they don't want it. it, it nothing good can come from talking to the media for them right now. I yeah, it was just, you know, not be disrespectful, but it's like <laughs> no one did much. And it's not it we're not looking like the dig and prod. And right. Like, you know, the effort wasn't there, execution wasn't there. Have you guys stopped caring lately? Yeah. I don't need You gotta any of that. keep that that in the holster for, you know, when they lose out the remaining games of the season. It's because they've like they've underachieved, but at the same time it's like, well, I mean this four-game stretch, they weren't expected to win any of them. Yeah, they've underachieved because they beat Texas. they've underachieved though because they're just not very good offensively. I mean, no, I, I, right. that's one hundred percent. 
Well, and they the, and the turnovers, which Eddie was losing his the, mind the about. The first early. time right. in a long time where it's like, okay, you're expected to win this game. You, you have to win at home in Belton. You have to beat West Virginia at home, or just stop saying anything about the tournament. It's done. Completely. Eddie, maybe you should uh, volunteer your rec specs to Tanner Gross. Maybe that would help him. Maybe he just can't see. I don't mean this to be rude to Tanner, but you got to be winning basketball games to wear the rec specs. <laughs> so the you winning know, has like to come this... before the rec specs. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's, well, that's the whole... Lloyd Noble deal then winning has to come before the new arena. By the way, yeah, let's not like, we let's, haven't potted since that. Let's since not those comments. Let's, let's not let's leave that alone after a week like this. Though. It's not a great week to be trying to raise money. I, I, I get that. <laughs> well, I'll say this: like Toby put out, Toby Rowland put out the tweet about the atmosphere, and I I saw like OU Twitter, which has become a monster. Don't attack me. Um, I saw a little bit of OU Twitter starting to lean towards, well, if LNC wasn't such a dump, we'd have the same thing. No. Like, uh, I don't know what it's called now. It was initially United Spirit Arena or whatever, but let's not United pretend... United Supermarket. Is it United yeah. Supermarkets now or whatever? Yep. Let's not mm -hmm. pretend like it's always been that way. I mean, that's a pretty special situation where... Uh, they were a Final Four team. They're a top 10 team. Their coach left them, uh, just like Lincoln Riley left. Uh, it emboldened the masses a little bit. I mean, th look, their atmosphere, you can just tell on TV. I haven't been there this year, but you can tell it's special. But, like, there's a lot of factors other than just an arena that lead to that. So let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like, if you if you build it, they will come because... I think we know, like, if OU's, bas if OU's football team tanked, their coach screwed you over, you went to the Final Four, uh, and you're a top-10 team, yes, I think that same atmosphere would exist in the LNC. But yeah, it, it's a just building a new situation. arena is not going to all of a sudden make a magical atmosphere for OU basketball. But it will make for nice off-season stuff when Porter Moser gives his true thoughts. Because he's... Sure. Kind of, you know, hushed, hushed himself. He and that's sure, I'm not going to go too far. And I want to make it clear. About OU needs a new arena. I'm not trying to defend the fact that they haven't built something or that we've talked about it before. They have a master plan that they developed alongside the football master plan. Like it's there. They never introduced it because oil took a big dump and they couldn't even finish the master plan for, uh, for Gaylor family Memorial stadium. So um, there was really no need to present it, and there hasn't been, but the discussion has been opened now, and I do think that they need a new arena. I I mean, to me, I bulldozing the thing and starting over is not such a bad idea because I, I, I would like to see something on campus versus the thing at University North Park. And I know Did that's a good the, situation, uh... but still, just, I don't know. You're going to have the softball facility across the street now? Could be. No, uh-uh. Chris, uh, Chris Oven put out, like, he was just kind of screwed around and put out, like, a map. And 
I'm pulling it up right now. The the three ideas that I kind of like, I was like, okay, like I could get down with this. Move the track and field to where, and I don't know like the logistics of this. So I, I would imagine it'd be pretty expensive, but move track and field that is currently east of the stadium. You move that over to where the Lloyd Noble is now, mm-hmm. and you build a state. You build an arena right next to the football stadium. That would be fucking sweet. I like that idea. I know that like the track and field probably wouldn't like that, but they could have their own space over there. Well, I don't think anybody's happy with Moser. They do. I don't think anybody's happy with the indoor. I mean, they they obviously need something new there. Sure. So the other two ideas were uh, Kate Center, just southwest of the football stadium. Yeah, basically tear all of that out. Well, I think they're doing that arena. anyway, aren't they? Aren't there plans to just completely raise all the old dorms? There is, but I don't know if they're actually tearing down the towers. If that makes sense, like everything north of the towers would be gone basically. And then the third spot that he had proposed was, uh, basically he put the great reading room. I'm not too familiar with that area over there, but it would be (laughs) Northwest of the stadium. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Right. Uh, like just to the West of the union. You'd probably also have to unchain David Bourne. He'd probably chain himself to a tree over there. Yeah. So they don't tear that down. But I thought those three ideas were pretty cool, pretty unique. I think the uh, the place over there to the east of the stadium would be, that'd be fascinating if you could do that. I don't know about like the exact doability of something like that. And I imagine it'd be pretty expensive if you're moving track and field and building a brand new arena at the same time. But... Who knows? I, it would be kind of cool. And then obviously you have the North Park idea that do you want to build shops? Do you want to build restaurants and all that kind of shit around it? it? It'd be interesting. But first win Saturday and Tuesday. That would probably help. That would probably help. Yes. There you go, Josh. You avoided a 30-minute discussion about hoops. Oh, you got something about hoops? <laughs> <laughs> Buildings, mainly. Oh, yeah. no, Because that's more exciting to talk about than hoops right now. So I just tweeted it, but Abby Broyles has taken a 7th grade class hostage. <laughs> I might have to go report on this. <laughs> it's, Eddie, she it's hijacked how a you're field branching. trip bus. Started with sports media. Well, you've gone from sports media to weather, and now you're doing hard hitting real news. And it's it's impressive to see how. But I mean, with that background in languages that we yeah, you need you know, to do discussed. it in Spanish. I mean, that show everybody really your real was skill. Like the most amazing thing that I've I've seen this week of that guy reporting in seven different languages. Well, and like one of them was Luxembourgish or something. Like I didn't even know that well, was one a was language. German. I mean, I think it was just German. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them were were very common and large scale, but most of them were, were uh, not most of them. A couple of them were very obs- or not. I guess sort of obscure. Whatever. They they. It was surprising that they were languages anyone would include in their arsenal of 
six languages, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, when I see that, the the thing I think of is like, okay, what do people who speak that language think? Like, is he just butchering it to where it's like really hard to understand exactly what he's saying in a couple of the languages? Like, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Like, you're not gonna. Are you really gonna be fluent in six different languages? Oh, like the dialect of it, yeah. Or whatever. Like if he yeah, was like, I, I like know. you know, like broken English or something. I mean. I'm sure there's like weird accent, you know, like he doesn't present certain words correctly or have the right um, little uh, flourishes, I guess would be the best way to say it on certain stuff. But I mean, you, you wouldn't think those state, I mean, those are local stations. You wouldn't think they'd put him on if he wasn't presenting the information at least. No, it looked like fluently. it was all like kind of CNNs mm-hmm. of different countries and stuff like yeah. pretty big news outlets. Yeah, they send out those reels, and, you know, I think local news uses them sometimes, like, from D.C. or wherever. It's just a national feed, and then you take it in, and you can use it in your own broadcast. Bet that dude's making some bank, though. For sure. Yeah, but he's also probably getting shot at, so. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you gotta wait. Bank or shot at. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's great to be here in the the Ukraine today. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Appreciate it, everybody. um, uh, Thanks to Dead Soxie, as always, for being our sponsor. And uh, go check out Soonerscoopstore.com for that um, reloaded merch while it lasts. And uh, when it runs out, we'll keep getting it. We we appreciate you guys supporting that uh, and supporting the pod as well. So thank you very much. Great to have you back, Josh, as well. Uh, And we will see you guys again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com.